You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I don't know. Is that how you normally open it? I'm not sure. I'm here with uh, Alexander Chester, who's been ducking me all day. He was a coward who was afraid to uh, come on mic and talk about how the Philadelphia Eagles are just much better than the Vikings, and the Vikings are never going to win the Super Bowl. I think we'll both agree on that. It's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. And you are, you know, I you know, I don't respect you anymore because you should have. we should have done this at, like, uh, the second the game ended. But, you know, who knows? When did you stop watching the game? Did you stop watching the game? Yeah. After the inter- after the Keenum, to, after the Thielen pass was incomplete, mm-hmm. um, which would actually, no, no. It's after they scored to make it 38-7 to seven that I stopped. 38-7. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine stopping to watch? What, what's crazy, it's probably not the first time ever that you have needed to stop watching an NFC Championship game <laughs> during the game. Like, correctly. Not like, oh, I'm mad or we're down by 14. Like. Right, you probably quit the this. Well, this loss is worse than forty-one nothing because, and we'll get into this, but forty-one nothing started. The Giants get the ball; they go right down the field, score a touchdown. They kick off. The Vikings fumble the kickoff. The Giants recover and they score on the first play from scrimmage. It's fourteen nothing before the Vikings' offense, which you know number one offense in the league, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Dante Culpepper. Before the offense steps on the field, it's fourteen nothing. They drive right down the field. They throw it into the end zone to Chris Carter. And him and Jason Seahorn have, like, simultaneous uh, possession, and Seahorn just rips it out of Carter's hands, interception, going back the other way. And at that point, it was clearly over, right? Yeah. And by the way, when you lose 41 nothing, like, who cares? You were going to lose 10 times out of 10, probably. Yeah. But, uh, but the difference this time is that it started perfectly. We went right down the field and scored. I mean, easily. The Eagles must have the number one rush defense. They didn't have the Vikings' shortest run on the first drive was three yards on third and two. I mean, they easily went down the field and scored. And then they stopped the Eagles. They got the ball back, you know, and then there was the pick uh, six in the, you know, I mean, history. I was down on, I picked the Eagles to win, right? I was down no, you on. Did. You picked the Vikings to win. Did I really? Yeah. Did I pick the points? You picked the Eagles to cover. You picked the Vikings to win. Okay. I legitimately didn't remember. Um, but I did say the Eagles would dominate uh, both lines of scrimmage. And that's, that is what happened. But the second, Keenum was shaky for a lot of the Saints game. And the second Keenum threw the across the field pick six, you got you know you had this you had to be really worried not just because it's seven seven but I, I you know you're just like oh yeah Case Keenum's our quarterback he's not so good yeah I mean whatever I don't think this is a game that requires analysis no I mean you you seem to be blaming on Bill Simmons esque like super reverse jinx the the Vikings are cursed when in reality like 
you lost to a team that's better than you. No, no, the, the, there's okay. You can explain individual parts of this game in a vacuum. Okay, you can ex- the, the Eagles' home field advantage very good. They have the best uh, uh, record at home since Doug Peterson became their coach. You can uh, you can explain that part. You can explain the Eagles' defense as being better than perhaps we thought and being able to shut down the Vikings. You can explain these parts in a vacuum. You cannot explain the Vikings' defense, which was historically good, against an offense that wasn't like an average or below average. It was the worst offense in the NFL. They were 32nd in DVOA since Nick Foles took over. There is no way to explain, using analysis or strategy or anything like that, what happened to the Vikings' defense and the Eagles' offense. There's There's not. There, that well, I mean, Foles, Foles was not, you know, was not really ready for the system, and that now finally. He's well, hold on, which system? Week. This was the best defense in the league by far. This was a defense that shut down Aaron Rodgers, knocked him out of the game. This is a defense that played the number one team in the league, the Rams, and completely shut them down for the whole game, shut them out after the first drive. This is a defense that completely dominated. Who else? Who else did we play this year? Um, we, we shut down everybody. I mean, what are you talking Listen, about? Listen, I guess Peterson's just a great coach. He li- watched a lot of tape, realized yeah. that you could pick on okay. Trey Wayans. So they the picked only on Trey analysis, Wayans. Okay, so if your they analysis were able to run is, the ball. They were able anal- to run the ball on you guys. If your analysis is that Nick Foles is literally the best quarterback in the history of football, right, and that Doug Peterson is literally the best coach, like, that's not analysis. Okay? Mm. They're not better than every single team in the league. The, uh, and I've told you this, and I've been saying this as long as we've had this podcast. The Vikings only lose playoff games in one of two ways. They lose in a heartbreaker at the last second, or they lose in an utter humiliation. We don't lose games. Do you realize 20- every single player on the team is unaware of the forty-one zero game on the Vikings? You're saying, yeah, like yeah. No, it, like they were you kids. make it like yeah. they're unaware of how many Super Bowls the Vikings have been to and lost. Most of the team probably. Well, yeah, well that, that not- well that's why it was only Case Keenum's third favorite moment of his life, and it was my first favorite moment. Because he's only my been a Vikings fan is that, for a year. That, I've been a Vikings fan for 40 Nobody years. was on the twenty, the 2000 Vikings and the 2017 Vikings. Yes. The coaches mm-hmm. were different. The owner was different. Everything was different. You yep. can't blame history. You lost having nothing to do with, ooh, the Vikings always do this. Look, it just I, happens to be that the same thing happened to you that you know maybe has happened before. But mathematically, right, let, let's look at this from a statistical mathematical odds perspective, right? What are the mm-hmm. odds of this happening? First of all, what are the odds of losing six straight NFC Championship games in which you're favored? Even if even if it's an even game, it's a coin flip, right? Six coin flips is what are we talking about? Like a, a one in thirty-two, or I can't you know, I can't do the math off the top of my head. No more. Let than alone, that. Le, I mean, like, uh, do I really believe in fate and all that kind of mishigas? No, but like, but there's but there's no other explanation. It's the Vikings are the Vikings, and this is what the Vikings do. And what is, is it? The jerseys? Is it the? I don't know what it is. Because you're right. Everything about the team has changed, and yet that's the same outcome time after time after time. And there's no analysis. Again, we can analyze how the Eagles – We can't. there's nothing to say about Nick Foles all of a sudden becoming the best quarterback in history. Kerry Collins did the exact same thing in 2000. He had 300 yards and four touchdowns, and they destroyed the Vikings, and they went into the Super Bowl, and all the Giants fans like, oh, look how good we are. We're really the best team. And what happened? They lost 34-7. to Now, t- to be clear, I'm not saying the Eagles fans should like – you know, the Eagles should be very happy they won. Of course, you should be happy you won, and they should be very hopeful because anything can happen. I mean, we saw a mediocre 9-7 and seven Giants team win two Super Bowls, and, you know, they beat the best team in his history. Like, anything can happen. The Eagles could win mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. And, like, so, look, the, the Eagles, like, celebrating is a good thing. What I won't tolerate is the Eagles giving themselves undue credit. And, like, to use the Giants as another example, the Giants beating the – Eli beating the, the Patriots, Giants fans should celebrate. Yay! And that's a good response. You know what's not a good response? Oh, Eli's the better quarterback than Tom Brady. Eli's better quarterback than Peyton Manning. That is a bad response. Okay? Mm. So to argue that the Eagles are all – I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. I'm just saying the uh, Eagles are not wait, a good me, team. Let, the, 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 if, me, they had, if they had Carson Wentz, they might be a very good team, and they might be a team that legitimately was the best team in the league and deserved to win the Super Bowl. That's not what they are. They benefited from playing the Vikings. Okay? 
If t- like if you took Mike Zimmer and all those players and put any other uniform on them, that would. They, is it possible the Eagles win the game? Sure. Is it possible Nick Foles is 350 yards and they lose 38-7? No, that's not possible. It's just not. Um. Okay. Uh, over under half <laughs> plays that Chester watches during the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl. Under. You're not going to watch the play. No, I I never watch Super Bowls when the Vikings lose the NFC Championship game. I don't. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you invited to any Super Bowl parties? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Hold on. Here's the crazy part, by the way. I and I you could be this- like you could be in the kitchen and like with yeah. the people who don't watch. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but I don't want to be around. Like, you know, this is going to explain to you like how much this this loss hurt. And I'm trying to figure out where it places on like the all time worst Vikings losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do it right away. You want uh, You have to. I would. Time. I would rather have lost this Super Bowl than one next year's Super Bowl. Okay. I thought about it for a long time. I would rather lose this. And I'm saying this as a a fan of a team that's never won. We're not the Mm -hmm. Patriots who have a bunch in the bank. I would rather have lost the Super Bowl this year than win next year. I'd rather lose this year than win the next two. Okay? Like, you have to. Because it's a home Super Bowl? Yeah, you have to understand something about Minnesotans. Like, there's this obsession in Minnesota. Minnesotans have, like, this. Mm. I don't know if it's an inferiority, inferiority complex or what, but Minnesotans are obsessed with, like, what the rest of the country thinks about them. Hmm. And and I definitely manifest this for sure. I mean, the answer is we don't. We don't think yeah. about them at all. But um, and so like every single year in the Super Bowl, I'm just so sad and jealous of some random ass team with no fans, like the Carolina Panthers or the Atlanta Falcons or some franchise with no history, no legacy, no nothing, no like like you know twenty Hall of Famers that like shows up in the Super Bowl and for two weeks the whole country is talking about them and random celebrities are on E predicting their games and talking about their players and like. I've desperately wanted that for my team. All I wanted was to get to a Super Bowl. That's all I wanted. And I said, like, you yeah. asked me last That's week. That's all I want, too. It's literally all I want. I just want to get there. And That's to, all. like, finish up writing my biathlon preview. Yeah. That's, those are so, the only two things I want. So so that's number one. Number two, because the game was going to be in Minnesota, that's what made it. I don't want to go to Jacksonville or Houston for a Super Bowl. I really don't. I wanted to go home. I wanted to sleep in my bed. I wanted to, like, that was going to be special. Mm-hmm. Even if we lose to the Patriots, we were Oh, we yeah. Were my, the by only- the way, my neighbor wants to go. Can he sleep in your child? Can he, like, borrow your house? Yeah, is he an Eagles fan? Yeah, he's an Eagles fan. Uh, yeah, it's a thousand dollars a night. Okay, um, I'll let him know. But um, you know, my dad said to me sadly, like he's like, you know, and it's true. Like he will die before the Vikings host another Super Bowl. You know, host. I mean, they will never host another Super Bowl, probably. Well, no, they host. You the, get one for building a stadium, but they're yeah. not going back to Minnesota. It's never happening. No, well, that's what I'm saying. They'll host another Super Bowl in 40 years when they get their next stadium. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe 40, 50 years. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Well, no, of course they do. Yeah, they give every they give every new stadium a Super Bowl. Yeah, but you, maybe the stadium will last 60, 70 years. I mean, that doesn't happen. So, <laughs> there's no stadiums that have lasted 60 years. Wrigley and, and Fenway, but no stadiums. No, the way that the, okay, the, yeah, the, no, but the point stands. Yes, yeah, yes. The Vikings will the next. Yes, um, so that that that's why, like, that's why. I mean, Vikings wanted, fans have to be worried that they're never going to see a Super Bowl in any stadium. Forget who cares about the home. Stadium. I understand all that, but I'm saying, but this was the extra special part of it, and this is why it's so extra painful. More so, mm. like you know, like I posted on Facebook, there, and I'm I'm interested to see. Like, there's been really strong arguments on both sides. I think it's probably sixty forty in favor of the heartbreak being worse. But there's a debate. Which is the worst loss? The heart, like the the, the last second. No, loss? the heartbreak is worse. I don't know. I don't even think it's a debate. The blowout, the because when the blowout happens, you know you didn't deserve it. If you get blown out in a game, but chances are you would have okay. lost ninety percent of the but hold time on. at least. If you're talking about a blowout in which you come in as twelve point underdogs, and that's I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a game where you're the favorite to win. You're like the Vikings in two thousand. The Vikings. Do you think the Vikings year. win yesterday's game three or four out of ten times? No, they win. 
if it's not the Vikings, they win eight out of ten times. There's a reason they were three and a half I point favorites hear on not the road. The Vikings. That's that don't make like, Akiva. They were three and a half yeah. point favorites on the road. He's they really were bigger favorites than funny. no. They were bigger favorites than the Patriots were. Like mm-hmm. I don't. You picked the Vikings to win. Like what are you talking about? You bet on it. Not to you, cover. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, you know, if this game was in Minnesota, again, the Vikings would have been nine and a half or ten point favorites. Listen, I feel bad. I was rooting for you guys, but I, I, I it's a bad matchup for you. I think you, my, the Vikings could so have on. been the best team in the NFL, but for whatever reason, the Eagles are a bad matchup for them. Why? Why? Because, Why? Especially, especially Why? Be, they're, because their front seven right now seems to be unblockable. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about on defense. I'm talking... I'm not talking about that aspect of the game. The Vikings scored what? seven points. That's not enough to win. Although, you know, they went for it on fourth down multiple times. I mean, you're right. Tackles and turnstile. We're, we're not talking about any of that. Akiva, we're, yeah. talking, about the, we're talking about the Vikings defense and the Eagles offense. That was the story of okay. this game. Okay. Explain yeah. that. Use your analysis. You Why get, is that you a bad You couldn't get to Foles. You couldn't get near him, so he threw for a zillion yards. Okay. They did not get a lot of pressure on Drew Brees last week. They didn't, hold on. They by the way, get, by the way, this wasn't a game. At the end, there were some bounces that didn't go your way. But this wasn't a game where like a million bounces didn't go your way. Like Torrey Smith could have easily caught that first touchdown. Also, yeah. Okay. I mean, he is Torrey Smith. In but the like, second Torrey half, Smith was getting open. In at the will, second half, and he stinks. In the second half, Nick Foles literally had the greatest QBR in history of that stat. He is not the greatest quarterback in history, and the Vikings' defense is not the worst defense in history. Well, listen, this, we know that s- Nick Foles, who has a 28-touchdown, two-interception season, okay. you know, has greatness in him. This was way better than he ever was in that season, and against a better mm-hmm. defense. There's there's no explanation. You There's no analysis. To, again, I can understand arguments about the Eagles' defense and the Vikings' offense in Case Keenum. That half of the field, fine. But that's not what decided this game. So anyway. Okay, I'm going to give you three options for next week's podcast because, you know, we're, there's yeah. nothing to talk about. Maybe we could uh, we predict the Super Bowl winner, but we don't need to get into, like, deep analysis of this game you're not going to watch. So I'm yeah. going to give you three options, okay? Okay. A, a listener of the podcast uh, is friends with a Orthodox Jewish guy going to the Olympics and will try and set up an interview with him to talk about. When you say going uh, to the Olympics, you mean he's he's on Team USA. He's not going as a spectator. Uh, team Israel, yeah. He's an American, but he's he's not, you know. Not good Wait, he's on Team Israel? Wait, I thought he was on yes. Team USA. No, 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 no. Oh. Oh, okay. um, oh, but yeah, you know, he's not going as a fan. Yeah, I could, we could get lots of people going as fans. Well, you said going, so. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's attending. He wants to go, you know. So we could have an Olympian, Olympian on talk to him about that. I don't think he does his, his sport on Shabbat, so, like, that's really interesting. Um... Number two, uh, we can watch the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl from uh, 15 years ago, and like uh, analyze that like it just happened. Or number three, uh, we can uh, we can we can do a Royal Rumble uh, review. Yeah, let's go with the Olympic guy. Yeah. What yeah. if I said you have to pick two out of three? <laughs> well, then we'll do the Royal Rumble thing. Okay, so you don't want to rewatch the Patriots Eagles? No, Super Bowl. I'm not. Now, last year, remember, I'm dedicated to the listeners. I want to rewatch every Super Bowl. Yes, you did. To rank them. And you yeah. were not willing to do that because you had more charts to make. I mean, yeah. we did. Well, we ranked the last 20, but yeah. Yeah, we ranked the last 20. We didn't rewatch them, but we did yeah. rank them. Yeah. Um, I We go to like a kid's like pre Super Bowl party, and I like, I'm like the football DJ. So I put on old Super Bowls. So I'm going to put on the, uh, I'll put on the Page, Pats Eagles game there. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I. Uh, I thought I was going to shock you with the hot take of um, the fact that I'd rather lose the Super Bowl this year than win. No, I get it. I get. I get it. 
And I'm not saying I agree. I totally get it. I, I got another hot take for you, and this is a complete okay. a complete flip flop of what I said last week and what I've been saying for a while. Uh huh. I'm rooting for the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I get it. Listen, the Eagles have not like the the Super Bowl. You know, two weeks of mania has only been one day old. Eagles fans have not acquitted themselves. Well. <laughs> I mean, they have if you like content, like if you like yeah, insanity. Like, to, to be serious for a minute, like and I like I like to joke and I compare like you know evil teams to ISIS and Hitler and all that, but mm-hmm. like. Yeah. The Eagle, what the Eagles fans did last night from multiple friends of mine who were at the game, it boggles the mind in how disgusting it was. And to be clear, I'm not talking about before the game or during the game or after a game in which the Eagles lost and are heartbroken and are bitter at the Vikings. I'm talking about right. in the parking lot after they won 38-7, the Vikings did not show up in the game. The Vikings were a non-entity. The Eagles beat nobody. Ignore the Vikings. The Vikings are a meaningless irrelevancy to you. And yet, multiple friends right. of mine were attacked, had, had mm. things thrown at them. One, one of them had an anti-Semitic slur attacked at him because he was wearing a yarmulke because he's a rabbi. Like, I heard like children mm. being punched. It's like the Eagles fans are – and I've always defended Eagles fans. I've always thought the Santa Claus stuff is overrated. I lived in Philly. I like the city of Philly. I've always felt that bad was the only thing Philly. I liked about them. You got Santa. He's fake. <laughs> no, but I've, I've always been sympathetic to Philly because I thought it was similar to Minnesota. Like, again, I, the Eagles are like the Vikings. They're always good and they never win. And, and like – but like they were, they acted so disgusting. Like Boston fans are disgusting in a different way. But like they don't like attack children and curse. I mean, like and, and like curse out rabbis. Like that's it. I'm rooting for the Patriots. As disgusting as that is to do, at least they're not like you know. Annoying. I mean, like if the Eagles fans are have not really quitted themselves well. They have a lot of like diehard fans, but um, they also you know they certainly have the most like uh, trash human fans of any of any team. In the NFL, it's, it's shocking. Crazy. It's shocking how trashy they are. Like it's really it boggles the mind. Mm. Um, I wonder. I wonder if it would change if they became winners, though, because the, their their whole thing is just like we suck and we we're pathetic and we've never won. If they win this game, no, then it, I wonder if, if that would change. If you're a bad person, you're a bad person. Did did Boston mm-hmm. fans become better when they started winning everything? No, they became insufferable. You know, like, but like they're not bad. You See, I, Boston fans wouldn't beat up the other team. They wouldn't even realize they were there. The other yeah. teams. Fans. Well, that's what you should do. Like again, if the Vikings had won the game, I would fully expect some bitter Eagles fans to like be punching Vikings fans in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles, like, why are the Eagles even? It's not like the Vikings are a big rival of the Eagles. Like, who cares? No, not at all. It really right. is. So, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people were like yelling at babies and cursing up babies. Yeah, um, the, the Eagles you are should bring your baby. By the way, if you bring your baby to an Eagles playoff game, <laughs> then you're a moron. <laughs> Yeah, but I was defending Philly. I thought like that it was overrated, like the the, the what the trash people talk about uh, Eagles fans, and you know I was wrong. Yeah, but um, um, anyway, so yeah, I have a, I, I have updated my worst Vikings losses ever chart, and this one is shockingly high. Where is it? I'm torn. It's either number two or number three. Well, it's not never going to be above Gary Anderson. That would be absurd. Gary Anderson's number one. Yeah. Here's uh, okay. It's, it, it's yeah, worse than forty-one nothing for sure. Well, well, it's worse than forty-one nothing because of the first two drives, right? I th- because yeah, we, I think it's worse than Seattle just because it's a more meaningful game. Oh, it's a thousand times. Seattle's not even in the top five. Seattle's number oh, seven. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, like again, the way I the, what I judge is was this team going to go to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why the top three without or the top four in my life, like, and this is by the way, I'm only talking about like in the last twenty years, like the Darren Nelson game in 1987. I didn't watch that, so that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, Darren Nelson dropped a, a touchdown on the last play of the game uh, at, at Washington in the NFC Championship game. They lost 17-10. Uh, and then, obviously, Washington cruising that Super Bowl. Um, so, to me, it's 
like, did this cost us a chance to go to the Super Bowl? And so Gary Anderson game is number one because that team was historically great. And my question is, like, this team – was this team better than the Brett Favre team? I think they were pretty similar. But uh, – different, different league that year. Yeah. But, but the difference then was, of course, we weren't going to play the Super Bowl at home, obviously. But then, of course, the difference is that in that game, right before the interception, as they crossed midfield before they had the 12 men on the field, the penalty to go back five yards, I, I, I said out loud, I actually said these words, I can't believe we're actually going to go to the Super Bowl. So I got further. Yeah, no, that has belief. to be it. You know what? Because you almost won that game and you yeah. didn't almost win this game. That has yeah. to be above this. Has to yeah. Be. So, so I think this, this one's third. Great. This is okay. definitely worse than 41 nothing because, A, this team was better. Like, the 41 nothing game, even if we win that game, we have to play Baltimore, who's a phenomenal team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they would have destro- absolutely destroyed you. Um, I mean, the Vikings were a good team there. They were 11-2 before Culpepper got injured, you know, to end the regular season. But, um, yeah, so – and also, but this is worse than 41 nothing again because the first five minutes were perfect. It was just like the Saints game. Touchdown, stop. You know, it looked like we were going to cruise again. So, yeah, this is the third worst loss. <sighs> were, you, were you on, like, StubHub looking at Super Bowl tickets? Okay, so that's another thing. My dad, which I'm pretty annoyed with him, Saturday night, he, he's frantic that we have to buy tickets now. Saturday night. We have to buy them now because the price is going to go up after the Vikings win the next day, and so let's buy them now. And worst case scenario, we can sell them if the Vikings lose. So I spoke to a bunch of my friends who are ticket brokers, and they told me the market was already priced assuming Vikings-Patriots. Yeah. So – the, so the price would only go down if it wasn't Vikings or it wasn't Patriots. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I convinced him not to. But like my dad is like so heartbroken today. And I said to him, like, how did you fall for this? Like you've seen the four Super Bowl losses. You've seen the Hail Mary game. You've seen the Darren Nelson game in addition to everything I've seen. How did you fall for it? And he said, well, I, you know, I thought with Zimmer everything was different. And to be honest, I thought everything was different because of what happened last week. I thought, well, this never – you know, this is just a team of destiny and all that other bullshit that doesn't really exist. But mm-hmm. – I, I wish, in hindsight, I wish last week had never happened. Now, now it's not a positive memory; it's a negative memory. No, I think that long term you'll remember that Diggs play, and you'll go back next year. I'll remember that Diggs play, and then think what happened the next week. Oh yeah, we lost. And I know the immaculate reception team didn't win the Super Bowl that year, but they won four Super Bowls in that decade. Right. Well, so maybe you'll win four in the decade. I, I, the real problem is that the Eagles are going to be so good next year with Wentz. Yeah, I listened to this podcast on The Ringer, uh, their NFL podcast last week, and they were discussing if there were zero injuries in the NFL, like what would have happened different this year? Mm-hmm. So they said the NFC would have been the same two teams because, you know, the Vikings, you had Delvin Cook and Sam Bradford, and the Eagles, you had Carson Wentz. Right. But, what's, right. What's amazing is that the two best teams yeah. had very catastrophic Yeah, but games. Seattle, if their defense is healthy, they would have been better, obviously. Right. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers is the Yeah, the Packers, the obviously, would have been better. Yeah. Um, and then in the, and then in, the NFC, in the AFC, obviously, Jacksonville doesn't get there because they're probably not going to win the division if, if, you know, if, if Andrew Luck's healthy and if, you know, if Houston, if Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt and everybody's healthy. I'm not oh, sure. Sorry, that's the wrong division. But it's possible. No, no, that's the right division. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so... Whatever. I hate sports. And uh, you know, um, I have not seen the line for this game, so I can oh. actually guess the spread. I have not oh. seen it all day. I haven't come close to it. I like Adam Schefter. He's like, all right, big storyline. Chris Long playing against a sports <laughs> team. Yeah, that's an important thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like only Long-time I've seen like, the only things that Adam Schefter and Rich Eisen care about are like, what are the storylines? Like they're essentially pl- employees of the NFL. I mean yeah. Rich Eisen literally is, but like yeah. so so are all those guys like Schefter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at least have great takes like Mike Lombardi where it's really important that the Patriots have the lead in the first quarter because yeah. you want Blake Bortles to play from behind. Yeah, truly one of the great tweets of all yeah. time. Got to got to score more points to win the game. That mm-hmm. that is a, that is a very genius take of his. Um, 
<sighs> yeah, so I'm gonna. I really have no idea. I've seen zero reference to the to the line. Okay, so guess it. And by the way, I guessed it Pat- live last night to Steen and Biddy Michelle, who were watching the game with me, and they thought I was too low. But it turns out I was actually right. I'm gonna say pass minus three. All right, so I said six, which it is. Wow. I've seen it five and a half, six, six and a half. I've seen five. I mean, I bet two. like anything on the on the Eagles at plus six. I, I, I think you're just. Again, if it's Carson Wentz, it's a different. You are you are making the same mistake Eagles fans are. You are thinking, oh, Nick Foles is actually a good player. And this no, I think good. okay. Here's the deal. Bill Simmons actually had a really good point all season, which was that they didn't send Gronk over the middle once the whole year because they really didn't yeah. need to. They were saving now, him. He's injured. Yeah, and then they thought they could. Pro- I, I think in his heart of hearts, Belichick thought that he had a chance that he would save all his trick plays, of which he called a bunch in the second half, for the Super Bowl. Yeah. By the way, the idea of a team like. Taking it easy the whole season and going thirteen and three and then yeah. having easy playoff games is like vomit inducing. I mean, it's your but, division that's the cause of all this. No, I understand. Like, if we weren't yeah. totally inept and the Dolphins and Bills weren't inept for a we decade, have to do this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for more two decades at this point. <laughs> um, so you know, he he breaks out the trick plays. Gronk has to go over the middle in a couple key situations and gets destroyed twice. You know, the yeah. second one obviously gives him a concussion. I also thought that Brady took a couple hits that he – Brady hates getting hit at this point. All the old QBs hate getting hit. Yeah, I mean, like, he's 40. Bra- yeah, Brady Brady gets so annoyed. Like, And and he will try and like just slide down to not get hit. But, uh, you know, it doesn't always work that way. I think the Eagles are going to just, like, clock him. I, I, I think they're going to have a lot of problem blo- problems blocking the Eagles' run seven. And I'm, I'm going to say right now, 13 days before the game, I'm picking the Eagles to win the zero roll. Wow. Okay, yeah. so. I just I just don't th- like I think Foles thinks I'm not I'm not like I'm not saying like Foles is great wow 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 but I think they're going to be able to get guys open against the Patriots like the Patriots got so many bounces in that game I mean they yeah. got the worst bounce also like the I mean the Patriots have not impressed but nobody has this year I just think I don't think the Eagles I think the Eagles are with with Foles without Wentz the Eagles are significantly worse than the Vikings they're worse than the Saints they're worse than the Rams they're probably around similar to Carolina they're worse than Seattle if their defense is healthy they're worse than Green Bay like losing Wentz is a big loss and the Eagles have sucked except for yesterday which I'm not counting because I'm sorry it it there's no logical world in which the greatest defense on third down in 40 years gives up 10 to 12 10 out of 12 on third downs to Nick Foles like I think that was a mulligan. I just think that was the Vikings being the Vikings. And I, I there's no analysis from that. My analysis on Nick Foles is the previous six games or five games, whatever, when he was garbage. So um, I think that I'm, you know, could it happen? Yeah. Look, we've, we saw the 17-0 Patriots lose. So anything's possible. But whatever. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, indeed. Um, let's have a palate cleanser. Can we have a palate cleanser? Okay. Yeah. What's that? All right. Can we talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame? We do that every year. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this our last chance to do that, though? Yeah, they're coming out on... Don't they announce it tomorrow? No, I think it's Monday. Think oh, it's next, next Monday. Monday okay. But, yeah, well, let's we're talk re- about it. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so let's get I had all, such like, a great song lined up for uh, for the had the Vikings won, but... Yeah. I was, I was, I was, the only thing I was happy about is I have so many tabs, like, on the side that I can't... I'm, like, out of space. Yeah. So I was happy to be able to delete it, but other than that, I, I, I you know... Well, you'll never have to play that song. Year. For that purpose, so you can just say what it is anyway. Uh, no, I'll save it because I think next year you guys will uh, have another heartbreaking loss in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> um, all right, so Baseball of Fame. Uh, you tell me what you think should happen, and then I'll tell you what will happen based no, on... No, I, I don't like to say what should happen. 
or I, don't, I don't like to say I don't like to say what I think will, will happen. I like to say what should happen. So I will I will give you and I'm, again I'm excluding all the first year guys on the ballot who are obviously not making the Hall of Fame Royals. Yes, well, you know exclude those guys. Okay, there are 20 guys on this ballot who are worthy of a conversation. So I will list them in what is my opinion how they should be ranked from 20 to one, and then you'll tell me if I'm right or wrong or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, number 20 is Andy Pettit. He's fine. Whatever. He's not a Hall of Famer. Oh uh, well, Pettit's problem is. Um... Pettit's problem is, what's it called? That he has an actual steroids accusation, right? Yeah, but nobody seemed to ever care about that. No, I mean, they. I think the yeah. voters definitely do care about it. All right, okay, so whatever. He's a no anyways. Uh, number 19 to me is Omar Vizquel. I understand that he was very good defensively, but he was so but Pettit's bad Pettit's not even on the ballot this year. What are you talking about? He's not? No. Wait, why is he not on the ballot? He retired five years ago. No, what do you, like, make up your own chart? You're not looking at a real chart? No, I'm not looking at an actual ballot. No, that's insane. Okay, fine. Like, forget Pettit, about Andy Pettit's not on the ballot, you moron. Oh, oh, hold on. I'm looking at 2019. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Abort mission. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. Okay. I am looking at my own chart, but I was in the wrong tab. Okay. 2018. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. So the guys we're not mentioning are Bobby Abreu, Jamie Moyer, Johnny Damon, Chris Carpenter, oh, Carlos okay, Sobrano. Yeah, we're not mentioning okay. them. Okay. All right. All right. Number 19 is the same guy, Omar Vizquel. Uh, so you think he is a Hall of Famer? No, not I think lose he's not a Hall of No, he's not a Hall of Famer. Oh, okay. So how many Hall of Famers do you say there are? 12 or 14? No, there's 19 guys who who are debatable, who you, you could okay. at least make an argument. And how many people are you putting in or you're not saying yet? Well, I'm not saying yet. But Omar Vizquel... Okay, Omar Vizquel is doing incredibly well in his first bout, 30.5%, yeah. which means that... It doesn't mean that he will definitely get in but it means that he will get a very long look in the next few years. Don't you think he's the kind of guy who the yeses, I mean, the noes are not going to be convertible, though? Uh, yeah, I do think that he's getting the old school yeses for the most part. I do think the ballot is about to unclutter, uh, especially if four get in this year. And it's already started to unclutter. This is the least cluttered the ballot's been in many years. Um, yeah, I mean, next year, the only guys we had are uh, <laughs> Andy Pettit, obviously. <laughs> but the only guys we had who are really going to, you know, are, competi- are, are Mariano Rivera and Roy Halladay. Right. Well, yeah. I don't know about Halliday. Obviously, Rivera is going to be on every ballot. Yeah, um, Hall- Halliday's going to make it. All right, it. so who's 18? Uh, Vizquel's okay. a no for me. Okay, so Vizquel's a no to me. You know, his his 82 OPS plus is just, you know, he was so bad offensively. Right, he's um, Ozzie Smith, but he's not. He's like the whole yeah. Ozzie Smith. Yeah, and his war, he has 45 war. Like, so you can't say his defense is good enough. Like, there's guys every year who who bat, who bat have a 650 OPS and get six or seven war because their defense is elite. And Omar Vizquel's mm-hmm. defense, you know, for whatever. Okay, number yeah. 18 to me, he will make it this year, obviously. But to me, he he should not. Although, on my ballot, everybody left on my ballot. If they made it, I wouldn't throw a big fuss. But I don't think he should make it as Trevor Hoffman. Uh, yeah, Hoffman is, yeah. Uh, you know, he missed by the slimmest of margins last yeah. year. He's only he's at 77%. Just under half the ballot is revealed. Obviously, the half of the ballot that reveals are the half that has the internet. You yeah. know, the half that... Uh, that and the other half is, is counting his saves, and that's all they care about. The so other half loves saves. The other, yeah. like, there are ve- most guys, because the guys who, who reveal their votes are much more likely to vote for 10 people. The average vote per revealed ballot is 8.86 votes. Yeah. And for not yeah, reveal ballot, so everyone, it's like everyone is voting is voting for ten, basically. Yeah. Uh, the non the non revealers vote for way less than that. Yeah. Uh, but they the only guys who do better are Hoffman, uh, for a long time Jack Morris, but when he was eligible. Yeah. Uh, it's really just closers and like random white guys they like. Yeah. All right. Uh, number seventeen to me is Sammy Sosa. You know, and we've discussed, we discussed all these guys last year, but he had one skill which was 
hitting for power, and he wasn't even that great at it. His career OPS plus is 128, you know, which is not great. Yeah, uh, Sosa's never going to come close, and he's also never going to fall off the ballot. Yeah. He's the least interesting guy on the ballot because he's at 11%. Yeah. He'll never get below five, and he'll never get above, like, you know, 30. So yeah, but his his, his his offense was wor- is equal to Bobby Abreu's, by the way. But Bobby Abreu's... Yeah. Uh, uh, Sosa will probably get in on some sort of uh, a veteran's ballot at some point. And by the way, Sammy Sosa has fewer career war than Bobby Abreu also. Now, Abreu was more of an all-around player, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, Sosa hit home runs with, on steroids, but that's all they did. And then, and then he mm-hmm. colored his face in, like, a weird Michael Jackson thing. All right. Uh, n- number 16 to me, Billy Wagner. Will never get in. Should get in. If He's better than Hoffman in every single respect. We discussed this last year. Yeah, he's getting no support. He's, he's already in year three at 10%, which which means yeah. that, you know, I do think when Hoffman's gone, he will get a massive bump next year if Hoffman gets in, which he No, he's will. never going to make it. No, he's going to get a big bump, but uh, yeah, he's never going to close to getting in. There's not a single way that you can argue that Trevor Hoffman is better than Billy Wagner, except for the fact that he's going to get that 10 spot on people's ballots who don't want to, you know, who have nobody yeah. else to put in because he's right, uh, innocuous yeah. enough. Number 15 to me, Fred McGriff. Again, you want to put him in, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. But I mean, he's at 17% in his last year. Everyone jumps a lot in their 10th year, but obviously he's yeah. not jumping past like yeah. 30%. Yeah. Uh, next in his last year, uh, Edgar Martinez. I have him at number 14. No, he's in his second to last year. Or ninth year. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. his ninth year. Yeah. Uh, I, I have him at number 14. A lot of the new school guys, the guys you and I usually subscribe to, think that he's automatic and are incensed that he's not. But mm-hmm. to me, the problem is that and, and look, he played his whole career in Seattle, so obviously his offensive numbers were deflated a little, which is reflected by the, his OPS plus is 147. I mean, I, and I, I've made this comment uh, probably two – I think I made it two years ago also. Like, Edgar, he shouldn't be blamed for, like, OPSing 1,400 in AAA for five years and not getting called up. Like, well, his career is very short, because, but yeah, he was raking. But, 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 but that's the bottom line. But that's, that's, to me, the issue. He didn't play long enough. And, yeah. you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of hitters with wars in the 60s. And you know, the, and there's a, and so to me, Edgar's if he gets if he gets in, I would not have a problem with it. It's just I have ten guys in my ballot ahead of him, so uh, including number thirteen. He had a, he, go ahead. He had a twelve point difference between um, between private and public ballots. Uh, he's he's at seventy nine point eight, which means he's got no chance once the other half come out. But yeah, I but do I think, think he'll be he on every public ballot next year. So I I think it'll be very close. It'll actually be incredibly close because similar to what you said, but the opposite. About Trevor Hoffman, there are certain people who will never vote for a DH, uh, so it's going to be. Ins- he's never going to get like eighty something percent. I think he gets in by like the slimmest of margins next year. By the way, ironically, the same no people who will of never vote for DH are the people who have no problem voting for Trevor Hoffman in a sixty. Yeah, uh, oh, listen, uh, we understand. Everyone who's listening yeah. understands. Yeah. Yes. All right, number thirteen to me is a rookie on the ballot, uh, Andrew Jones. What's your take on Andrew Jones? Uh, Andrew Jones has uh, has enough votes to. To stay on. No, hold on. I'm not ballot. talking about the votes. I'm talking. What do you think of it? No, I know. Listen, do you think he's I'm, a Hall I, of Famer? I'm just giving everyone. Um, I do think Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer. I think it was pretty universal that he was a, like an immortal defensive center fielder in his prime. Yeah. I, I obviously he could have aged much better. He ends with only 434 home runs, which is still top 50 all time. Like, let's not devalue that. Yeah. All the way. His OPS plus um, is only 111. There's a lot of steroid talk about him. Yeah, I, but I don't think he gets hit by that. I don't think that's affecting his. I mean, he had fifty I mean, listen, home runs one year, his best and then like season, disappeared. He yeah. starts with a three war season, then he goes seven, seven, eight, five, six, five, three, six point seven, five point six. But uh, listen, those are that's the Hall of Fame prime of many different Hall of yeah. Famers. And then he's the done at like what age thirty one or thirty two? Age thirty, he has his last decent season. He's never yeah. relevant. From 31 on, and he's so. First of all, his he's clearly older than the like. There's no question that age is not accurate. 
It's interesting. I mean, he was 19 when he made the majors. Yeah, I remember talking to somebody, a Twins beat writer, uh, around the time he became a free agent. Well, he must have been about 29, 30, 31, something like that. And the Viking, and the Twins were in the market for an outfielder. And I said, what about Andrew Jones? And they, and I forget who it was. I can go back in my old Gmail archives and look. And he said, he said to me, Andrew Jones is at least two years older than you think he is. And that's what people think in baseball. That's what that's that's, that's yeah. That's that's very interesting. Now I'm not finding anything about this uh, online, but it makes sense because he was already raking when he was 20, and why he was else done when he was 30. so washed up at 31 yeah. unless he was old? Um, by the way, I should have mentioned this in the football portion of the show, but uh, a loyal listener, Josh Cantor, uh, it was in an email back and forth with uh, I'll say a very buff referee. Uh, yeah. He emails him from time to time. Yeah, and this this buff referee. Um, he asked him, uh, you know, because people went crazy that that the second the Patriots game ended yesterday, the ref who was the ref was a Corrente, I forget who it was, of the of the Pats game, uh, ran over to to Tom Brady and congratulated him, and people were like, "Wow, you know, Tom Brady's uh, biggest supporter." Congratulate him. A lot of memes going around Twitter last night uh, that you know the refs were in on it, as if like the Patriot the refs care if the Patriots win or not. Yeah. Um, and he and uh, this buff ref said. That every game I've ever refereed in my entire lengthy career, I've congratulated the winning quarterback the second the game is over. I've never failed to do it once. I don't know. They were still breaking news. Huh? Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you the environment in which I the environment in which I in which I watched last night's game. Oh, well, you told me, but tell the listeners. I mean, Benny Michelle was, uh, you know, our friend Ben Michelle came was one of my friends who came to watch the game. He said, like. He he couldn't he just could not get over. It. He's like I've never seen. What is this? Is this is this a championship game like party? It was like a Super Bowl party, but for the championship games. But nobody was watching the game. But everybody was a 70, 70 year old Jew. Well, explain why 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 did your mother in law invite over dozens okay. of ladies? So so my mother in law and her husband live in Boca Raton, Florida, where the average person is a sixty five year old Jew. And so, and so my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, that's what they are, and that's what all their friends are. And my mother-in-law decided, like, we were coming to Florida for a week. And by the way, I'm back in New Jersey by myself right now, but my wife and kids You came are- back to work for a day. I came, yeah, I came back to escape. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so my, my mother-in-law uh, informed us that on Sunday she was going to invite every single person she's ever met because they need to see the grandkids. You know, like cue that voice in Seinfeld. You got to see to the tell baby. You. you got yeah. You have no like. Do you have no power in this? Like I would have. I would have straight up like uh, rejected this. I do have power. I said that's not happening. It's the it's the NFC Championship game. If the Vikings are going to be in it, and if it is happening, it's fine. I'll go to Steen's house. And so my wife said I'll take care of it. And she said, "What hours are you unavailable?" And I said, "Starting at six p.m." And she said, "Okay, they're going to come from two to four p.m." And I said, "Perfect." Totally no offense to uh, your three sons. What's, yeah. Like, what's the anyone's kids? Anybody who wants to see someone's kids is a freaking creep. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. Like, why uh, do you want to see kids? I've seen kids. I don't like my. <sighs> no, obviously, obvious, you're obviously correct. So, um, so, anyways, so my mother-in-law goes into that mode. Like, my dad gets into it also. You know, like when like you're hosting a huge party and you start freaking out and you got to clean the whole house and cook everything. And mm-hmm. my mother and I'm like getting a little bit nervous because I'm like. There's a lot of action, and I don't know why this much action is coming for a couple of yentas to come by at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for an hour. And then Jen says to me, I got to warn you, plans have changed a little bit. Oh, boy. Pe- people are coming at 6 p.m. And I, said, and I said, how many people? And she said, a few, but not that many. And then my father-in-law walks in holding bags and bags of groceries, and he's like, I just spent over $200 in meat. 
And I'm like, why? And he said, well, we have at least 24 people coming. I'm like, what? So 24 different couples were invited. And that's, that, that's not including the fact that some of them brought, like, you know, the, the husband and the wife. And, and I mean, it was, it was out of control how many people were in this house. And so everybody promised that I could stay in my one room and the door would be shut and nobody would come in there. But the problem is, like, I'd have to leave the room to urinate and, like, stuff like that, you know. Mm. So it was not a pleasant experience. I, I was like, so I'll, actually, what I ended up doing, the room I was watching, and, and by the way, I, yeah, I, I hope my, my in-laws don't hear this, but the room I was in had a porch, and so I was just peeing in the, the porch. Listen. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't going to wade through those yentas, I'm telling you. No, you can't wade through the yentas. Yeah. So it was a miserable experience. Through the and by the way, if the Vikings win, I'm all cheers, and I'm happy and, you know, guffawing it up. With the now, yentas. were there any yentas left when, you, when the game was over? That's the worst part. They were there until midnight. I thought these people go to sleep at eight o'clock. Yeah, that's you know what they. That's the and onion. by the way, they weren't here for my kids because my kids went to sleep at eight o'clock. Yeah. So yeah, that was like, and and, I, and I, that's the part that was the worst because I had nowhere to go and be sad and stuff. Yeah. So no, and and no one and like no one in Florida like actually cares about football. It wasn't like people were like, well, yeah, yeah. I can empathize I mean, with you yeah. because I, I love my in-laws. I wish they had picked it a different day. Anyway. Yeah, or like move to a different state. <laughs> All right. So number uh, number twelve. Uh, on my ballot is a guy who will make it this year, without a doubt. And I realize I'm on the wrong side of this, of like, you know, the, the young progressive fans on this one, that I don't have mm-hmm. him as a no-questioner. But that's Vlad Guerrero. Yeah, obviously, 94.6. He's sailing in. Yeah. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think you're just underestimating him. Make I mean, case why, why, you know, what are the warts on, on his resume? Okay. Uh, wart number one is that his career war starts with a five. Right. Mm-hmm. If you if you're if you can't even crack sixty war, why are you in the conversation here? And it's not like well he was really good on defense and that's not reflected or something. Like he was a hitter. That's all he was. He was a straight hitter, and he wasn't like he wasn't he was a worse hitter than um, Edgar Martinez. He was a worse hitter than Larry Walker. He's a worse hitter than Gary Sheffield. I mean, very similar to Andrew Jones. His last relevant season really is thirty two. He's okay at thirty three, and then he has three more. Yeah, that contract years. for the Angels was a disaster. Mm-hmm. I think that he gets. I think that like. I think that Jonah Carey and, like, these Expos, like, myth makers, like, drive so much of, like, the progressive Hall of Fame conversation. Like, people became obsessed with Tim Raines, and now people are obsessed with Vlad Guerrero and Larry Walker also. Yeah, Vlad also did not hit in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, So, to me, Vlad is, like, if you want to put him in, that's fine. But the fact that he's cruising in on a second try is a little bit, to me, like, you know, whatever. There's more deserving guys. One MVP, and he's in the conversation uh, like uh, five or six different times in the top six. Um, I hear what you're saying. Listen, these are longevity guys. Andrew Jones, Vlad Guerrero, like if they were compilers, then then they'd be in. But they they were irrelevant by the time they were 35. Yeah. All right. Uh, Number 11 on my list, one spot ahead of Vlad, is a guy who's not getting any attention. In fact, the next three guys, none of them are getting any attention. That's Jeff Kent. Yeah, Jeff Kent uh, has a douchebag on Survivor. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, I listen. I don't have to make the same point three years in a row. Um, Well, I'm doing it. (laughs) uh, Fifth, uh, fifth um, year. So he's he's you know had plenty of time to gain momentum. Going nowhere fast. Yeah, Yeah. nowhere fast. He's never going to get above thirty or forty. I do think there will be a referendum on him in like year ten, but it'll be far too late. No, I mean, here's the thing. T- to me, he's frankly, he's similar to Guerrero. He wasn't a great defensive second baseman by any stretch of the imagination. But there's a lot of added value if you're playing second and hitting like yeah. that instead of, if, you know. Yeah, and listen, uh, second and, baseman historically aged, I think, the yeah. worst of any position. I do. Yeah. It, the thing is, this like if you want to go by the old school test, like when you were playing Vlad Guerrero and when you were playing Jeff Kent, if you had turned to the opposing managers like, hey, is that guy old famer? They would have said yes. They would have said yes to Jeff Kent? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Jeff wow. Kent's prime, for sure, no question. Yeah. Well, he won that MVP because everybody didn't not like Barry the best Bonds. Player on his team, which was a problem, but yeah, uh, you know, he was great. All right, number ten on my ballot is Larry Walker. Um, you know, Larry Walker. Why? I don't understand why Vlad Guerrero is at ninety percent in the vote, and Larry Walker is you know stuck in the twenties. Yeah, it's not going to happen. The push for Larry Walker, it's not going to happen. Uh, he, he like he listen. He made a massive jump this year. Again, he was the biggest beneficiary of the ballot cleaning out a little bit. He went from twenty one yeah, forty. Explain to me why he is so far worse than Vlad Guerrero. He was I'm not sure. A, he was a better hitter. His, 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 all I think his people don't know what higher. to do with his numbers partially because of Coors. Okay, his OPS plus is better than Vlad Guerrero's. They're 141 to 140. It's basically the yeah. same. No, but, I, listen, Larry um, and by the way, and he was also he, he was a great fielder, right? He was a good base runner. Like he was a more all around player. Yeah. yeah, he's got 73 career war. Steals. Like to me, like you got to hit 60 to get in the conversation. And if you hit 70, you're a no-brainer. He hit I think 70. the 400 home runs thing hurts him with the old school guys for sure. He doesn't even have 400 home runs. Um, yeah, he has a ages, 400 on base percentage. Ages though. well, but also um, the difference between him and someone like Vlad is like Vlad's, when he played, he played 158 games or more every year. Larry Walker has a 153, and that's it. So he missed so many games every year. That's probably what's keeping him out. I mean, 133, 137, 138, 103, 131. He is injured every single season okay. of his well, entire hold career. On. First of all, two of those years, there was a strike. So there were fewer games played. And that was right, right. in his prime. Like, yeah. I mean, so he has he has two immortal years. And in 97, he hits 366 with 49 home runs. Uh, you know, almost a, one, a walk to a strikeout. Just absolutely ludicrous. And he steals 33 bases. The next year, he hits 363, and then the year after that, he hits 379, slugs 710, 37 homers. I mean, just yeah. insane stuff. And by the way, you look at his home road splits. Obviously, playing Colorado helped, but this he was not Dante Pachette, okay? Or Vinny yeah. Castilla. He never has – never – yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think he should make it ahead of La Guerrero. But he, he has know. he's similar. He has one MVP, but he only he got no respect. He only has two other finishes better than tenth. So even when he was playing, he was sort of disrespected. Yeah. All right. Uh, number nine on my ballot is to me the scariest batter that at least against the Twins. You know, obviously Barry Bonds didn't play against the Twins. Gary Sheffield, the way that he uh, you know shook that bat when he was on you know scared the living hell out of me. Uh, Gary Sheffield probably among the most like dislikable guys. Right. Tremendous mm-hmm. asshole. Openly, openly made errors in the field on Milwaukee to get you know to be traded, and you know never tried on defense at all. He's but, a little bit of Vince Carter. He's like Vince Carter. Yeah, I mean, he's a, but people like Vince Carter. Yeah. Um. So Sheffield's under ten percent right now. Yeah. Uh, he'll he won't get knocked off the ballot, but he's never he's never going to get a push because people don't like him. It will yeah. never be a push for Sheffield. Yeah. And by the way, to me, Sheffield and Vlad Guerrero again, like those are the same guy. What's the difference in Gary Sheffield and Vlogger other than well, everybody likes nice. one? People, people like yeah. you. And, you know, Sheffield, like, w- Sheffield's going to – what what team is his uh, hypothetical Hall of Fame bus going to be with? Yeah. You know? Their war is identical. Their jaws is identical. Their OPS plus is identical. Like, these are really identical players in so many ways. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, Sheff- Sheffield, uh, you know, has a higher base percentage. Uh, you know, Guerrero has a uh, higher uh, slugging. Anyway, all right. To me, there's eight players on this ballot who, if you don't vote for them, you don't deserve a ballot anymore. There's eight guys who there's no debate. All the guys we said, like from Sheffield through Hoffman, you can make an argument one way or the other. Mm-hmm. There's eight guys mm-hmm. who you can, you cannot make an argument. There's no nitpicking. Right. And so that, starts with no, that starts with number eight, who is on the ballot for the first time and will not and will not make the Hall of Fame, and it's a disgrace. And that's Scott Rowland. Yeah, so Rowland started off uh, – not I, I do think that there will be he will get his referendum. He'll get his day in the sun. Uh, it 
I don't know when it'll be. He's at 11.8%. I think he will act. The thing Roland has do, going for him is he will get, I, I think he'll do, play okay to the old school guys. And by the way, the old school guys are being no, uh, but, but he, weeded out a little bit because yeah. they are getting rid of guys who don't actually. Yeah. Uh, so I disagree with, I disagree with you a lot about that. The old school guys only care about home runs and RBIs. They don't care about defensive contribution. And no, they I prove agree. It. I agree with that. But and I, the, I think once they, Marvis once Kell, they see rolling in the fifties, if that does happen, once, once you see him rolling, then uh, I, I think they'll like, oh, this guy was good. Let me vote for him. Third base is far and away the least represented position in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It's a huge problem. And the reason is because third basemen are sort of half of a first baseman and half of a shortstop. Right? But mm-hmm. because if they don't have the same numbers as first baseman, they don't end up in the Hall of Fame. So you have this like absurd scenario. Like, I mean, you know, Chipper Jones, like I have Scott Rowland as the number eight third baseman of all time. It would be unconscionable for a top 10 uh, first baseman to not make it, right? Mm. Uh, David Wright, by the way, I have him as a Hall of Famer. He's not going to make it. Well, no. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of third baseman deserve. Adrian Beltre fortunately will just because he played so long that he, uh, you know, eventually. Yeah, I think Beltre kind of was like an obvious no, and now he's like turned himself into a probably yeah. yes. So to me, Scott Rowland should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he is one of the greatest third basemen of all time defensively. Uh, any Eagles fans who are mad at me for the first half of this podcast, which would be understandable, uh, you know, there's my Philly love. Scott Rowland should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Now, who's number and seven? And again, yeah, and again, I just th- you know I'm going back with Eagles fans. Listen, I'm not I'm not being a sore loser. I'm saying this for your own benefit. Like, don't get your hopes that high. I saw the Giants do this in 2000. I saw Kerry Collins light up the Vikings, and I lived in New York at the time, and I heard all my idiot Giants friends convinced that they were going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, look how we destroyed the Vikings. Like, you just you had an amazing game yesterday, but remember who it was against. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, number seven, Manny Ramirez, you know, just insane hitter, and that's all there is. Yeah, Manny's in the weirdest position, like, uh, you know, percentage-wise of anyone on the ballot. He's at 24.1. Uh, I just think I think the, 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 the positive tests are, are, are just, you know, it, it's too much to overcome for him probably. Yeah, you mean the positive test of the steroids? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but I, I mean, his career OPS is 996. It's ridiculous. No, he was amazing. I don't think I don't think we're debating whether he was good. I think we're debating whether the weird thing. The weird thing about him is he's a guy who hit like crazy in an era where those that all that mattered, you know, for MVP consideration was those numbers. You know, Justin Morneau won one over you know Maurer mm-hmm. and, and and Santana. He played on a team that was as high profile a team as there was. That won 95 games a year, uh, two teams actually, Cleveland and then um, Boston, and yet he never got close to winning an MVP, which is really yeah. weird. Yeah, it is so, strange. Yeah, I don't know what that's about, but um, yeah. So to me, number seven, Manny Ramirez uh, has to be in the Hall of Fame, and if you don't, I vote agree. For him, but uh, but I, I I also totally get why someone wouldn't vote for him. You mean because of steroids? Yeah, like if you think he cheated, I totally respect not voting for him because there's proof, so unlike Bonza Clemens, who I think so you, you have to vote. So for. you so you you respect people who won't vote for somebody who took steroids. I no, I don't respect it. I would. Ob- he's on my ballot. I would obviously vote for him. I totally. Do you understand. respect people who? I mean, what about all the guys who took greenies and everything else? And, I mean, no. It's, listen, it's, I listen. Yeah. He it was, or, but then it was illegal, and then he got caught. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Whereas Bonds six, and Clemens didn't, yeah. and plus it wasn't actually banned when they when they did whatever they did. Number six to me is a guy who's getting close. Uh, He's not going to make it this year, but I think he will make it before he's off the ballot, and that's Mike Mussina. Yeah, Mussina's doing really well this year. He's at seventy-one point four, so he's an absolute lock to make it in the yeah. next couple of years. But yeah, but he won't. I think uh, my prediction was twenty twenty. I think I'm going to move it up to twenty nineteen because he's yeah, doing think, really well this year. Well, twenty. You mean next year? Uh, I, I yeah, I think. I think he makes it next year. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. All right. Uh, number five. 
just uh, you know, just a despicable person. <laughs> but uh, you know, he has to be in the Hall of Fame, Kurt Schilling. Yeah, uh, Kurt Schilling is all you know. He's he's behind Mus. He really needs Musina to get in, and then he'll get in the next year. That's what's going to yeah. happen. When when they're not together on the ballot, Schilling sails in. Uh, yeah, I it doesn't. He's he's awful, but it doesn't bother me that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of bad people in the Hall of Fame. All right, uh, mm-hmm. number four to me is a guy that he's the opposite of Schilling. This is a guy that everybody loves, and he's he's going to cruise in on the first ballot undeservedly. To the extent, look, obviously, if you're a Hall of Famer on one ballot, you're a Hall of Famer on another ballot. But what I just mean is, like, it's a little bit ridiculous to me how Jim Tomei is making it so easily. I love Jim Tomei. He he was only the Twins for two years. He played most of his career in our division on other teams, and yet I still love him. He was my favorite Twin those two years. But Jim Tomei is very good. But he like he shouldn't be like as it's weird like, how unanimous it's weird how as he is. and again this is again this is the softest ballot in about seven or eight years, at least. Uh, that being said, it's weird that his number. I I I think how I is this a soft ballot when we year. when we name like sixteen guys who should be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, no, Tomei d- should be in there, but I'm surprised he's ahead of of those guys. I didn't think he would be, and he's sailing in with like you know what? It's just the home run t- totals. People love him. Yeah, if you yeah, have a high home run total and you you do not have like a major steroid suspicion, you get in. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Sosa had as many home runs as Jim Tomei, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what I, yeah, you heard what I right. said. Major yeah, yeah. Okay, number three is, uh, you know, probably should be unanimous this year, Chipper Jones. You hate yeah, him as Chipper's a Chipper's doing incredibly well. Uh, a few people did leave him off their ballot, but he's at 98 and a half. He'll be in uh, in the 90s, and, uh, yeah. you know, I hate him, but listen, I respect uh, I respect that he, uh, yeah. you know. And then listen, the top two really spots go to the... Actually. The He's also not spot, a great guy in real life. Yeah, the top two spots go to the greatest hitter and greatest pitcher of the last hundred years. And, yeah, you know, I mean they're assholes this, and they're this cheaters. Whole, this whole exercise is futile until they get in. I don't yeah. think they're ever going to get in because I I just think the people who aren't the people who aren't voting for him are very well aware of how good they were and don't care. Sixty four percent they're they're dead even this year. Uh, they're barely trending up. So I let let's see the total. Um. The, what's it called? The total of of votes they've gained is relatively negligible. That's the only thing you look at, right? Votes of people who voted so far, who voted last year, how many they've gained? It's not that many. Yeah, people's minds are made up. Uh, listen, they're going to crawl. Listen, they have four more years. They're going to keep crawling. They're not going to. They're never going to dip down. I think seventy five is a high number. I think they maybe could get to seventy. I think it's super hard to get to seventy five like that. Well, I mean, when Joe Morgan came out with that letter. I think that's the Hall of Fame putting their uh, foot down. Yeah, the Hall of Fame clearly doesn't want it. Obviously, they let him send out that letter. Even some of the old school guys were annoyed by that. Um, I don't. I, I think that. Oh, you the think there's who, a backlash to the letter? I, I saw some old school guys who who said that did not factor in their voting at all. Um, I, that will factor in the nerds who don't reveal their ballot. Um, imagine having a Hall of Fame ballot and like not thinking like, "Ooh, this would be a cool article or a blog to write." You know? Yeah, I know. Now it's imagine insane. like literally half the populace does that, and yeah. you, you're basically think about who you're dealing with. I mean, we don't have a ballot, and we discuss our ballot anyways if we do. <laughs> so, right, and maybe it's less cool if you have one, but um, yeah. yeah, the people who don't reveal their ballots are. are well, what Lebetard did was great, and and then the whole the now attitude of the Hall of Fame was gross but predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so um, you know this was a podcast. In conclusion, uh, to the people of Philadelphia, you should know that your team, your your fans are discussing hooligans. Your team got lucky in that they faced the cursed Vikings, and your former third baseman should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and uh, you're going to win the Super Bowl. Congratulations. Um, next week we will either talk Royal Rumble and or um, have a uh, skeleton. Olympian on. Skeleton. A skeleton. Is it a skeleton? Guy. Yeah. Skeleton. Ske- they go. They go a head first. It's a very skeleton, dangerous. A skeleton. It makes me nervous for them every time I watch. 
Skeletonian? Uh, so I asked um, – so I've had like these like hour-long talks with like an expert in each sport because I don't I – don't, I've never covered the Winter Olympics before, so I don't know it as well. And I asked him that, and he said uh, a lot of people call them Skeletors, but that's not official. Skeletors? What about Skellies? Skellies? Skellists? I didn't. I, I don't think Skulls? I used any. I don't think I used any word in my uh, preview for them. I had like skeleton was the one sport because there's only two events. There's a men's and a women's. There's not like doubles or anything like that. So it was like I had the most uh, over like unused anecdotes for skeleton of any sport I've ever had. All right. Well, let's not ask. So if you want to just like ask me like about like the thirteenth best skeleton guy, there's a, there's a Jerry Rice and a John Daly. There's a guy named Jerry Rice who skeletons. Yeah, and there's a guy named John Daly. And I, yeah, and I assume they don't look like Jerry Rice and John Daly. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't even seen pictures of them. Uh, John Daly's American. Jerry Rice is, I think, British. No, not bad. British Jerry Rice. All right, Keith, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. My needs fail. My brain fails. Crusted with tears, catatonic and raw I go downstairs and outside and you still get mail A week after you died, a package with your name on it came And inside was a gift for our daughter You had ordered in secret and collapsed there on the front steps I wailed to school a couple years from now you were thinking ahead to a future you must have known deep down would not include you though you clawed at the cliff you were sliding down being swallowed into a silence that's bottomless and real it's dumb and I don't want to learn anything with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.